Sylvester Sleuth and the Mystery of the Two Trees. It was early morning and Sylvester Sleuth was fast asleep. His snores echoed through the room like the sound of a growling bear. He was dreaming about new microscopes and magnifying glasses. He had picked out a gold-plated microscope from the store, and he was just about to pay for it when there came a ring in the distance. What was that? He asked the cashier in the dream. That's your doorbell, she answered plainly. Sylvester was confused. The ring sounded again. Dear lady, he said, what is the sound of my doorbell doing in a department store? This is a dream, the lady said, scanning the price tag on the microscope. And that is the doorbell at home. Now, that'll be a thousand dollars, please. The ring came a third time, and suddenly Sylvester was awake. He rubbed the sleep from his eyes as his mind started to put together what was going on. The doorbell rang again. Throwing his robe on over his pajamas, he made his way down the hall, tripping over his boots as he reached the front door. The doorbell rang one more time before he opened it to reveal a delivery man standing there. The delivery man was dressed nicely, in a blue work uniform with a white hat. His hat had a winged logo with the words, DeliveroFast. Mr. Sleuth? The delivery man asked. Yes, I'm Mr. Sleuth, Sylvester said sleepily. Package for you, Mr. Sleuth, the delivery man said, handing a large parcel to the groggy detective. Sign here, please. Sylvester signed for the package, and the Delivo-fast delivery man departed, climbing into his large truck and cranking the engine. Sylvester waved farewell, shut his door, and took the package to the kitchen table. After he brewed a cup of tea, he sat down to figure out what the package was all about. The label read, To Sylvester Sleuth, from... The Questioner. The Questioner? Sylvester asked himself. Do I know a Questioner? He opened the parchment-covered package and unsealed the box within. Removing two small bonsai trees from the box, he sat them on the table. One of them was alive, with little green needles, and one was dead and dry. Sylvester scratched his head. Who would send him such a strange gift, he wondered. He searched the parcel for a note. Under one of the bonsai trees, he found a small, cream-colored envelope. Removing it, he read the note inside. Two little trees, one so green, the other is dead and dry. Your task is clear. Read the sacred words and find the reason why. Signed, The Questioner. Under the questioner's name, there was a phone number where the questioner had invited Sylvester to text his answer. Sylvester didn't know who this questioner character was, but he couldn't resist a good mystery. The game was afoot. It was time to solve the mystery of the two trees. Dun-dun-dun! After getting dressed, Sylvester went down to the local library. It's where he started most of his research. His friend Fred, everyone called him Bookworm, worked the circulation desk. Bookworm was always a good source of information. Bookworm! Sylvester exclaimed. Shh! Mildred, the librarian, instructed, glaring at Sylvester. My apologies, he said. Bookworm, he said again, lowering his voice. I need some help with a mystery I'm working on. Sleuth, always happy to help, Bookworm said loudly. Shh, Mildred instructed. What's the nature of the mystery? 
Bookworm asked quietly. A person named the Questioner sent me a mysterious message. It goes like this. Two little trees, one so green, the other is dead and dry. Your task is clear. Read the sacred words and find the reason why. You deal a lot with words, Bookworm. Where would I find sacred words? Bookworm scratched his chin. Hmm, that's a good question, Sleuth, he said. You know, a lot of people claim to have the sacred words. I can point you to a whole shelf full of books that are marked religious or sacred. Oh dear, Sylvester exclaimed. How am I going to have time to read through all of those books? Shh, Mildred instructed, wagging a finger at Sylvester. Sleuth, Bookworm said. I can save you a lot of time. Of all those books that claim to have sacred words, there's really only one that does. Really? Sleuth questioned. Which one? Bookworm reached under the counter and pulled out a Bible. He handed it to Sylvester. Here you go, Bookworm said. The Bible? Sylvester said. Are you sure? I'd stake my life on it, Sleuth, Bookworm said. You'll find the answers to your questions in there. I mean... I know the Bible is supposed to be from God, but I just never have read it, Sleuth said, flipping through the pages. There's a lot in here. Where do I start? Why don't you start in Genesis, Sleuth, Bookworm suggested. That's where it all begins anyway. And you know, if you want to look up more about trees, there's what you call a concordance in the back. It'll help you find when trees are mentioned in the Bible. Do I need to check this out? Sylvester asked. Nope, Bookworm said. That's my gift to you. Thank you, Bookworm, he said. The game is afoot! Dun-dun-da! Shh! At home, Sylvester looked through the Bible. As he read through Genesis, he read about creation. He read about God creating Adam and Eve. As he read on, he spit out his tea suddenly. A tree! He exclaimed. His cell phone beeped. He had received a message from Mildred the librarian that said, Shh! But I'm at home! Sylvester texted back. Sorry. Mildred texted, false alarm. Sylvester got back to his reading. Aha! Genesis 2.9 says, And out of the ground the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it! Bookworm was right! This book does have the answers! Sylvester looked at the two bonsai trees sitting on his table. So the live one has to stand for the tree of life, he said. But why is the dead and dry one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I must read on. Sylvester read aloud Genesis two fifteen through 17 The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He gads! Dun-dun-dun! So that's why the other tree is dead. People weren't meant to eat of it. But I wonder, surely, surely Adam didn't eat of it, did he? Not after God told him not to. I must read on. Sylvester kept reading until he came to another clue. He read about the serpent, and he read about Eve. He read how the serpent twisted the command of God, and he read it aloud. Another clue. In Genesis 3, 1 through 5, 
He said to the woman, Did God actually say to you, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of any of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. No, don't do it, Eve. Don't do it, Adam. It's a trap, Sylvester yelled out loud. Oh, no, they ate it. They ate it. And now they're going to... What are they doing? Hiding? But how can you hide from God? Whatever are they going to do? A knock came on Sylvester's door. It was Reverend Kirk, his next-door neighbor. Hey, sleuth, Reverend Kirk said. I got some of your mail. It's just a couple of bills and a... Why do you have a living and a dead bonsai tree on your table? What? Oh, yes, Sylvester replied. That is a mystery I'm trying to solve. Sylvester explained to Reverend Kirk about the questioner and the bonsai trees and what he had learned about Adam and Eve, and since he figured that the Reverend knew about the Bible fairly well, he thought he'd ask him some questions. Reverend Kirk, can you explain to me about this tree business? Is it real? Sure I can, Reverend Kirk said. It is real. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, made a decision to choose what they wanted over loving God. It's like those fairy tales of old, you know, when the curse falls over the kingdom because the royal family makes a bad choice. But this one was real. Adam and Eve chose to disobey, and because of that, the world is filled with pain, death, disease, and other things. I read that, Sylvester said. I also read that God blocked the way to the tree of life. Is there no way back? Did the serpent win? Reverend Kirk shook his head. I think you missed a part. Let me show you. Reverend Kirk picked up the Bible and turned to Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. But what does that mean, Reverend Kirk? Sylvester asked. Has that person come yet? Yes, he has, Reverend Kirk answered. In the New Testament, you see that Jesus came to crush the head of the serpent. It's curious that we read about the promise of Jesus in Genesis 3.15, and then Jesus tells us that he came to fulfill the promise in John 3.16. Listen, Reverend Kirk turned to the passage. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it brought two kinds of death physical death, and spiritual death. Spiritual death means that we are separated from God and our hearts are dead. But Jesus has come to make our hearts alive so that we might believe and be saved from the other kind of death. And you see the tree of life again in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Here are Jesus' words from Revelation. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. That's it, then, Sylvester said. That is the answer to the riddle. Though there is death in Adam, there is life in Jesus. Sylvester texted the questioner. His phone immediately beeped. Well done, sleuth. But there's more to this mystery for you to unravel. The doorbell rang. Reverend Kirk followed Sylvester to the door. The delivery man was there again. Yes? Sylvester asked. I have another delivery, he said. Just put it on the tape, Sylvester instructed. Um, I don't think it'll fit, the delivery man said. It's kind of a big boat. It came with his note from someone called the Questioner. Oh, dear, 
The game is still afoot. Hello, this is Pastor Zach. I hope you enjoyed our first Sylvester Sleuth story leading up to Easter. We know right now it can be hard what you're going through. Having to keep your distance from people is no fun. It's part of the result of what Adam and Eve brought into our world. But just remember that Jesus has brought us life, that the serpent has been trampled. But when Jesus comes again, that old snake will be completely crushed. For right now, though, even though you are keeping your distance, remember that Jesus is closer to you than anyone. If you've given your life to Jesus, he's so close that he lives within your heart. Let's lean into Jesus together. Join us next time when Sylvester Sleuth faces the mystery of the big boat.